0: welcome to the hashtag blessed version of the millennial pastor podcast i am your host josiah i'm your co-host
1: will and i'm your new co-host amy
0: because we kicked byron out hooray just kidding (laughs) if byron listens he's gonna be really upset about that Or he won't, because he'll probably say the same thing if I'm removed as well. But Amy, we're super excited to have you as another co-host.
1: Yay, I'm already missing Byron, actually.
0: You're already missing Byron? It's
1: kind of sad.
0: Well, I'm sure you'll get a chance to be on this with him uh, in in another week or two. That's kind of the plan, folks. We want to rotate in some more Millennial Pastors, so it's not just Byron and Will and Josiah reminiscing about how they all grew up in the same youth group once upon a time. But uh, we actually want to hear more from a whole host of millennial pastors on on what they think about current events and stuff. So uh, if you're new to this short-form version of the show, then we try to keep it short, quick, succinct. We like to talk about things fast because in our long-form show, we go very long. I think one of our longest episodes is like two hours. Um, but we're going to get to know Amy real quick. And that's going to be one of our segments today. We'd like to do a five-minute segment, followed by another five-minute segment, followed by a ten-minute segment. Um, if you haven't heard who Amy is, she actually was on our first season. Do you remember what episode you were, Amy?
1: I think it's episode five, but don't quote me. I mean... You are,
0: dude. You're episode five. <laughs> I looked it up just to be sure.
1: So <laughs> now I was f- really self-centered.
0: No, you don't. <laughs> you just have a good memory. But we're gonna. There you go. We're, we're gonna. That's the bad, positive. Yeah, <laughs> positive spin. We're gonna. Yes. We're gonna change it up. We're gonna give you five minutes, Amy. We're gonna just rapid fire ask questions to help our uh, our listeners get reacquainted with you. Are you ready?
1: As ready as I'm gonna be.
0: Okay, uh, I'll go first. You ready, Will? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Okay, Amy, what's your full name?
1: Like, like my middle name too.
0: I whatever, first and last <laughs> at least.
1: Oh. <laughs> okay, Amy McCroskey. How old are you? I'm 40.
0: So, we were having this discussion in the the episode 5 of the first season. Yeah. Whether yeah, or not yeah. you're a millennial.
1: Yeah. I don't
0: I don't remember where we landed on that, but I think you were pretty stereotypical on some of those questions, right?
1: Yeah, well, so I was only 39 back then. So, had <laughs> <not> a birthday. <laughs> um, I think I was. Sorry. I think I sort of like got a couple. So you you let me in the club, but I still well, I, I still kind of am on the fence about it.
0: I mean, you like avocados and coffee, right?
1: No, no, no,
0: no, no. Oh, you don't. No, what? No, I don't. Uh, she's not I mean, a millennial.
1: But see, that's where Byron and I are. Like, yes, we're tight like that. Because neither does he.
0: That's ridiculous. But the reason why we want you on the show is not because you're maybe maybe a millennial or not or an exennial or whatever all the funding fun labels are, but it's because of your occupation, what you do and where you do it. So tell us real quick all that jazz.
1: Okay. So I am a pastor in central Florida in a town called Bartow, and the church is called Bartow Home Church of the Nazarene because it is a house church.
0: So you meet in your house, right? We do.
1: We meet in our house every Sunday.
0: Every That's... Sunday, like Sunday morning? Or... We meet
1: on Sunday evenings at 5.30 is our official time right now. It fluctuates um, because we like to gather around the table together for fellowship and a meal. So we do evenings. From, Will, what
0: would you what would yeah. you do if you didn't have to wake up early on a Sunday morning?
1: Okay, wait a second, wait a second.
0: <laughs> uh oh. Am sure I gonna you get in answer, trouble?
1: Will, Sunday morning okay. is my earliest day <laughs> that I usually rise because why? Because I'm usually finishing up my sermon or lesson or whatever I'm doing. I'm mm. I'm cleaning like a crazy woman. I'm cooking dinner. I'm. Yeah, there's all kinds of things to do on Sunday. It is a work day. It is not a day of rest. So we're I'm often up very early. But it's cool because as I'm getting ready I'm watching all my friends' sermons online or whoever's church is live on Facebook and so I get to catch all of that. But on the occasion that we have everything like ready to go, which is you know, sometimes we actually get to catch a Sunday morning service somewhere. So that's kinda (coughs) cool too. So oh, now man. answer, Will. <laughs> <laughs> well, how,
2: how, many, how many kids do you have, have, Amy? And what's the youngest? We have
1: four. So uh, my oldest is 13. And then my other three just had birthdays on Saturday. So uh, my other daughter is 12. And then my twins are 10.
2: Oh, cool. Do they wake up early? Because my answer to Josiah would be it, didn't ma- it doesn't matter when <laughs> church is <laughs> or what time of this day. This true. I would still wake up yep. very early yep, yep, in the yep. morning.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, those are terrible years. But um, they my girls have finally reached that middle school air like, stage where nice. you don't get out of bed before 10 o'clock at least. And so they just kind of right. sleep and sleep. But the boys still are up around 7 every day. And they bust through yeah. the door to tell me that they're awake. Or nice.
2: Right, yeah. Yeah, there's no quiet. i tried way. to train hey, them. Awake.
1: Like if the, if the door is shut, you do not bust in because I'm sleeping, and you just make your own cereal and whatever. But yeah,
0: we'll Yeah, see. my kids don't know how to do the quiet thing either. We made rules. We put alarm clocks in their rooms. We said if it doesn't say seven zero uh, zero, you're not allowed out of the we room.
1: We tried that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah. We 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 just leave the doors
2: open. And then mm-hmm. they just come in, you yeah. know what I mean because we we, <laughs> yeah, we're just like whatever, no, May will literally turn the light on on oh. us if we don't get up, and that is the worst. <laughs> I'd rather her just come up to my that bed is... you know, instead and of so just turn the light on at five a m or whatever ungodly time that it is. is. not
1: cool, yeah, I'm not a morning person, so that's not cool, but like even like the days when they're in the crib where you're like they're safe, they're good. But <laughs> once they're between uh, yeah. that, like, seed, that. you have to get up because they'll, they'll kill right. themselves if you don't. Well,
0: I guess time is up. But I was going to ask one last question real quick, Amy. How long have you been doing this uh, pastoring in your house thing? Uh,
1: okay. We started in January 2016, so we're getting close to four years. Yeah.
0: Four, so four so years little, and you've been...
1: Yeah, a little over three and
0: a half, I guess. So this is where, have you been past anywhere else or just here? Nope, just here so far. So far. Awesome. Okay, well, (laughs) since time's up, we're going to go to our second segment, and it's going to be maybe a little more of getting to know Amy. Uh, But Will, you ready to lead off the second segment?
2: Yeah, let's do it. So the second segment is is poorly named by will by i almost said will that's not by me it's by Desire or byron who named it it's like pop culture and cool kid we need to change that um i don't know what the name it's would just be, but something we'll, we'll of cultural
0: significance but. or relevance that's all it is
2: okay all right. Yeah. Well then maybe that's what we should have named it Josiah, not something well, about Michael. I a I, give so you, anyway. I
0: gave you the chance to help me come up with Nick. Okay. Moving on, moving right along.
1: Josiah, You're welcome. Like okay. So, like
0: trendy
2: millennial stuff. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, that's definitely a Josiah yeah. thing. So, you are cool, Joseph. Thanks,
0: man. My mom said I was. Hey, cool, you. Re- too.
2: You remember? You remember when your hair was like John Foreman oh, from goodness. Switchfoot?
0: It was the coolest. Dude,
2: you, had that, you had that. California stage. clock is. Yeah. Cl-
0: I lived in California. Clock is ticking.
1: I think your
2: hair was longer than Caitlin's at, the, at your wedding. I think no, I it wasn't that. longer yeah. than.
0: So. <laughs> anyways,
2: <laughs> you were so precious, bro. Um, but anyway, wow. So yeah. So this there's a hurricane going on. It, well is it? Well, is it well actually going it's on? no i don't think so i don't think it is anymore is it well we'll we'll find out from our hurricane expert <laughs> here in just a second um but but yeah so obviously there's a, a, a hurricane that at least was going on called dorian that hit the bahamas really bad and and hit uh, the states a little bit as well some in florida and so amy could you educate us a little bit on what's going apparently, on uh,
1: with that apparently i am now a hurricane expert
0: yeah. So we have our cow doctor. We have our master of the divine. You <laughs> can be our hurricane expert.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Okay, well, yeah. So, like, it drug on so long that I can't even remember when it started. Before Labor Day. And uh, I, I'm a native Floridian. So, honestly, I just do not panic about hurricanes. And, uh, you know, I, it feels like more and more the, the weather people like to. I think it's because of social media so they can start like warning people in advance and all of this stuff. And so I feel like just people have re- overreacted and we're crazy here trying to get their stuff and like, it's like a week out and, and, Literally Thursday and the storm wasn't supposed to hit until Tuesday, I can't find gas anywhere. There's no water or bread on the shelves. And I So did... I guess you
0: didn't evacuate, huh? You're you're tough.
1: <laughs> we don't live on the coast, so there's really no reason to evacuate here. I mean, we're in like one of the highest points in Florida. Like it's just kind of silly. And so like the idea of people completely freaking out where we live is just almost absurd not that hurricanes don't hit here and not that we don't have serious storms I don't want to belittle that we do have bad storms and like 15 years ago they had really bad ones here so I'm not saying that it's just that it seems that any way that they can hype it up and really start scaring people and I just started watching everybody who deals with anxiety just start almost losing it because they didn't know what to do. And we're all just sitting waiting. Um, And it just, it reminded me of this myth of scarcity that's out there where there's just not going to be enough for you. So you need to go and just pile it all in. And and that's what people were doing. I mean, there's plenty of gas for everyone if they need it, but people were hoarding and yeah. It was kind of
0: crazy yeah we that's pretty we
2: have that kind of but it's less scary because well most of the time it's less scary we we have like what we call like snowmageddon or something yeah 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 uh, where, where we feel like we're gonna be snowed in and so when when that ha- when like the fear of a storm is coming it's like every that that's the same thing like the grocery stores are empty and and everybody's filling up on gas and doing all kinds of crazy stuff too. Crazy so but it's a lot less life. Yeah,
1: the crazy us, part is just for centuries, people live with no AC and no clean water and no grocery stores. So it's like we just can't handle the idea of our comforts being taken from us or something. But all that to say, I don't want to belittle what happened in the Bahamas. That's serious stuff. right? Man. Yeah and some real suffering is going on there. So I'm not saying you shouldn't be prepared, but just the idea that you would take more than you need. But,
0: right. Yeah. yeah, the myth of scarcity. I've never considered that too much for myself. We have fires every now and then that blaze through, and they can cut you off from the rest of the state, but I don't know. Yeah. that. That's crazy. Well, but it, that's our time.
1: Oh, let me say something really quick. Can I?
0: I guess we'll oh, let you, Amy. Oh, it's really uh,
1: important. So,
0: Byron always goes over, too, uh, so you're filling in for that.
1: Okay, well, just really quick. The the Bible Project, if you follow them, they just did this really awesome series on generosity, and it talks all about this. The generosity of God, and it talks about scarcity and all of that. So if you're interested in that, episode 149 is where it begins, and it's it's a really great series. So,
0: I love the Bible Project. I really like,
2: uh, yeah, the, 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 their podcast. Yeah, are awesome. I
1: highly recommend this. This series is only like, like some of them are pretty long, but this one's only like four episodes. So it's, yeah, okay. Sorry. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for letting me take over.
0: <laughs> no worries. All right, well, you are a host <laughs> on my first You're a host. episode. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, so you, you have the power. Yeah, welcome. Uh, so we have two five-minute, now we're going to go into a 10-minute segment, which is a little more serious, I guess, um, or we're going to try to not be as immature about it, well, me and Will. I don't know if Amy's quite as immature as no. us, Will. Uh, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you just say no? You just said no. Uh, but this we'll last settle segment. settle that I'll... right now. Yeah, no. No, she. you can't be. I was
2: be. thinking about. Amy doesn't know me very well, so, but, so I was going to make some really <laughs> crude age remark, but I decided that's oh, not a good right. idea, so, since she doesn't know me, <laughs> so, no.
1: I not oh, to do no. that. I was so afraid that he was going to tell me he wanted me on the Season Saint episode.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Which, by the way, was pretty epic. You guys should check it out. Yeah, it was yeah, so.
1: awesome, and I was doing the math like, oh, he's 30 years older than me. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, well, anyways, our last and final segment is our last and final, so we done it. Ten minute long, and it's of theological significance, and I'm going to start it. Uh, so it's curious because, you know, last week Byron touched on it a little bit because, you know, or maybe it was two weeks ago, I can't remember, but he basically said uh, something to the effect of I like to give people that went to seminary grief or they like to give me grief or whatever he said. Um, but that's obviously an ongoing joke that is continued through the first season and now into the second season of this podcast where uh, you know if you, if you say a big word you need to explain it to me will master of the divine um, <laughs> but truly though i've been noticing some interesting things uh develop especially in just clergy circles that that i'm a part of on social media and stuff there's kind of this line drawn in the sand um and i always saw it uh a little bit growing up, going to school and stuff, but there seems to be some some pretty stout opposition between, I guess, what I would consider the church circles and academia circles. Um, and I don't know exactly where that comes from or why that's the case or what's going on with that, but since the three of us represent different uh, points on the journey of academic pursuit, I- I'm curious because, Will... You are, as as you so eloquently put it, a master of the divine, right?
2: Yeah, 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 you, I have the title.
0: Yeah, you, you have a master's in divinity. You went to seminary. Yes. I've done like half of a semester of master's work, and then I said, no, thank you. No, I had a kid, and money and stuff became an issue. Um, and Amy, you're on the course of study track right now? Yes. So the requirements for ordination are what you're fulfilling currently, right?
1: That is is correct, yes.
0: So have you guys seen that same thing then? Like you're at different tracks, you're at different points, you've you've been through different... uh, We've all gone to different schools too, so have you seen kind of that... I don't know, it seems like the higher institutes of learning to help form pastors theologically seem to be at odds with local churches sometimes. Have you ever seen that or is it just me? Maybe it's just me. (laughs) Well sorry, I didn't know if Amy was gonna speak first or not. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
2: I don't know. I I, yes and no. Yes and no. I think you know, between you and me, Josiah, it's just sarcasm and fun. Um when you I
0: don't really feel that way. When you call me dumb, you mean or
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um so, so, so that's just like a fun, sarcastic thing for me to do with you, Obviously, but it's not how I really, it's not how I really feel. Um, I, you know, that. so yeah, I do have a master's, but my master's is specifically geared for pastoral ministry. And so that, so it's not like, you know, like our friend Moose has a master's of arts and theological studies, which, which is kind of a track that professors sometimes take and whatever. Um, so, so my, my master's is actually more connected hopefully to, to like real life ministry than other programs. Um, and so, so I hope that that's not the case, uh, for MDiv students or for programs that are, that are masters of divinity, because, because that's the goal of a master's divinity is that you're taking that into pastoral ministry, um, and connecting, you're, you're hopefully connecting the church with academia in a, in a beautiful way. Um, so, so I hope that's not the case. And I don't think NTS did that intentionally if if they did, it was unintentional. Um, but, but I have seen, yeah, I have, I have had conversations with folks who, who get caught up with academia, um, and and that and that in a sense even though it's theological academia that that in a sense will will actually drive them away from the church i've seen that before for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do you yeah, think but, Amy?
1: i i think well i mean Will's on to something there's something to almost too much too much knowledge it freaks the brain out <laughs> like, <laughs> like overcharge um but the yeah i mean I don't know if, I think he's right, I don't think it's intentional, and I, I think, I don't know, I can see it both ways, there's a certain type of person, I think, that, that goes to seminary, and so I think that they just tend to be more academic in the first place, so they are achievers, and, and whatever. That's awesome. Um, I won't pretend that I'm not jealous of them, but <laughs> uh, but I feel like as pastors and as Christians, there's something to say that we want everyone to succeed. So um, I would rather my my colleagues come along and say, "Hey." There's something we can all learn here from each other, and I would rather use my colleagues as a as a source if I'm needing help with something or guidance on something rather than seeing them as a as a um, competitor and I've done that it it helps to have friends that are highly educated so
0: well, and there's probably maybe a misconception or a stereotype or maybe there's some truth to it you know obviously there's some of the the stereotype that the more educated a person is the more that they like to correct people that are in, incorrectly doing whatever they're incorrectly doing right <laughs> so that's that's probably a thing that's out there that maybe i've experienced i don't know if you've experienced it amy I, I, yeah, uh, I'm I'm thinking, will
1: i'm thinking of a couple people i will not say who
0: but, yeah, yeah, don't say names. No, but but maybe maybe the greater the greater concern I have in this kind of discussion is if if our theological formation doesn't have kind of a real hands and feet, real world uh, connection, application um, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. connects with regular and I don't say this word in a negative way, but regular and ordinary parishioners of our churches, Mm -hmm. then what is it doing for us then other than maybe creating a I'm smarter than you uh, paradigm Mm -hmm. for our churches? Because I guess that's the struggle I've had uh, with a lot of this, because I I keep I I applied to go back to seminary, actually, for the record confession. Um, But I I can't afford to go right now. So it's just one of those things where I'm I'm not going to go into debt for it. Um, But at the same time, you know, my undergraduate seemed to at times almost live in another world from my actual you know internships or work at churches so i don't know if that was some of that was true for you will uh master the the divine or not but i just sometimes wonder if our our churches and academic institutions just aren't on the same page with what's going on um and they're both uh Mm -hmm. working from from completely different perspectives on how to either train up pastors or what churches are supposed to be or i don't know yeah, I, well,
2: I, I totally agree with you. I think it's, I think it's a, a matter of how you look at education and what your goal is, what the church's goal is or should be with education. Um, so for, for me, I feel like I needed theological training. And what I mean by that is I needed to learn how to think theologically about everything and that's and that for me is what seminary was i I graduated with a math degree um and so I felt really unequipped to pastor and 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 when I graduated, I knew I was called a ministry, and so I went to seminary right away so i didn't I wasn't married and I didn't have kids, so it was really in a in a in a lot of ways it was really easy for me because i was just, you know I was just going to call it from college to to grad school so so it worked out really well uh for me in that re- in that regard, but I really needed to learn how to think theologically about everything. And so that's what education provides. If, if you think that it's going to make, uh, answer all, all your questions and teach you everything you need to know about being a pastor, you are very <laughs> wrong. Um, and, and, and part of that, it can only be learned by experience. Most of that, let me just put it that way, can only be learned by experience, but thinking theologically can be learned and, and it's really valuable um, as a pastor, obviously, uh, as you you know, as you minister. And so, so yeah, so I think it's a matter of how, how you look at it, how, what's what your, what, what are your goals and what are you really thinking about? And if you're thinking about, Hey, I need to learn how to think theologically and, and then communicate like you were saying earlier too, Josiah, cause I mean, yeah, if you could think theologically great, but if you can communicate that with folks who aren't uh, seminary trained, then, then what good then yeah. what good is it?
1: Yeah, I well, think uh, the most so, beautiful way yeah. that it's lived out in the local church is, is explaining it on, on lay, layperson's terms, getting at a level so that you can understand it at the highest level but still be able to put it in plain terms so that the common person in the pew is understanding it. And I think that's the best way. And and I hear what you're saying, Josiah, about sometimes we see people just so full of knowledge and they just want to spit it out at you, and it's, it's overkill. <laughs> it's like, tame it with the big words, dude. Like, just, and that's great, but then what does the common person gain from your knowledge if you don't know how to interact with them on a the human level, so.
0: Yeah. I'm just curious and our time's up. If you guys can't hear that little trill thing, it's being funky. Our timer is being funky, but I guess I'm just curious because, you know, we, the three of us represent different educational routes. So Amy, you have an undergraduate in sociology, right?
1: Yeah. Sociology. So I was in social work and then I spent a a long time home uh, with my kids and then I was not called into ministry until I was about 35 with four kids (laughs) So, my track has has been very different i didn't i you know i I feel like I've probably always been on the ministry track, but I didn't really receive an official call until then and but so, as an yeah. established
0: adult, do you think you see or you you're what you're hoping to to like what will's talking about get from education maybe it's been matured and developed since you've already been to school, you took a break and you're coming back
1: Oh for sure I mean like. Just coming at education now at, from an adult perspective with all the wisdom that I have, just the life experience that I have, I have a whole different outlook on it. And, and basically my course of study is, is doing what, it's just a basic introduction to theology and all of these things. But until I can go to seminary, because I really do hope to go someday, I just don't know when it's, I supplement a lot with books mm-hmm. and podcasts and talking to my friends. And so I just do the best that I can now, but yeah.
2: You know, I, if you don't mind me interjecting here a little bit, I, I think the term, uh, so I guess I'm going to be self-critical. The term master is so, such a funny, I don't know who came up with, I should do some research on that, but but the idea of like having a master's degree, like you're the master of something that's hilarious because it's just, yeah, it's just a, a mm. funny little title. that they have. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm the master. I think when you graduate, when you, the more you learn, the more yeah. you realize you, yeah. you don't know much. Um, yeah. And so it's just, yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny thing. I, I wanted to share this. I don't know how well it ties in. Um, but anytime I think about stuff like this, I, I often think about, um, and we talked a little bit about this earlier. So it made me think more about it. Uh, a, kind of a, a, person who's been a mentor from afar for me has been my, well, he's, he's no longer our DS. He's the president of the seminary. Now his name is Jaron Rao. And, and one of the things he said while he was the DS of the Kansas city district has always stuck with me. And, and I want to encourage people who, who, um, maybe don't have master's degrees or even bachelor's degrees or whatever in uh, pastoral ministry or theology or biblical, whatever um, with this quote, because I think it's really encouraging to me um, is, is that the only thing that qualifies us for ministry is our call from God. So my masters of divinity doesn't qualify me for ministry. Like I'll never be qualified for ministry by anything that uh, any learning that I do, any experience that I have, or anything like that. But what qualifies me for ministry is, is simply that God called me into pastoral ministry. Um, and, and, and that's, and that's it. And and seminary, it was awesome, man. I loved it. And I, and I needed it. Um, but that didn't qualify me for ministry. Like God's call in my life did. And it's the same for you too. And it's the same for all the other ministers, um, millennial and seasoned saints as they are, whatever, uh, it, it, it's the calling of God that matters the most, and not you know, not our education uh, or even our. I was actually going to share
0: a quote about calling too, Will. So yeah, I think this is the final thoughts. The final thoughts. Well, let me time. Google
1: one really quick. Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah. If you if you feel free to add one too, Amy. But mine was was a quote that I. Hey, you are a millennial. Yeah, man. go use go, go Google it real quick. Um, so I think this is a I think this is an Aristotle quote. So someone could fact check me if they really want to. I guess um someone that actually went to seminary. Just kidding. Um, where your talents and the needs of the world cross, there lies your calling. So yeah it was just kind of an interesting thought cuz you know it's just a really simple it's a very very simple line cuz like you just like kind of kind of ties into what you're saying well you have some skills that are probably uniquely gifted to you from your creator um and there's some needs in the world so where those two things intersect that that could very easily be your calling in life and that's the qualifier for you so yeah Actually I,
1: okay I remember I have a quote actually because I keep it on my bathroom mirror. So I actually walked in here to read it to you. Um, this is from Dr. Nina Gunter. And she said it's um, to stay close to your call and don't defend it to anyone except God who has called you. And so I keep that taped to my mirror because often I will sit in and question, like, well, who do I have to prove myself to? And honestly, like what you're saying, like, there's no one to prove it to because you already know that God has called
0: so, yeah, it's really curious, all of the considerations about call. Um, I don't know if we need to value people's calls more if they went to seminary or not. I don't think anyone necessarily <laughs> does that, right, Will? No, so, no. I, that's that's Will. really silly. Will, are
1: you more valuable than I am?
2: No, no. And, <laughs> and so here's the deal, too. Here's part of it, right? So your call, I, I feel like I was called to go to seminary. And, and some people don't feel that or, or experience the call a little differently than than I, than I do. And that's, and that's awesome. And that's great. And, and, um, there's nothing, yeah, there's nothing more valuable about me or my calling than anyone else's calling. And 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 again, it's, it's the call that qualifies you. It's not the education.
0: It's not the experience.
2: It's not the skills even or the personality or anything like that. So I
0: obviously don't think you think that, but I think there is some right. of that perception out there. So I think we're better served understanding that some people continue their educational pursuit and some don't. But at the end of the day, the most important qualifier for pastoral ministry or any ministry whatsoever is being called to do it. So, right. Th- thanks for sharing those quotes, dudes. We, we didn't even plan that. That just kind of happened. That was cool. Absolutely. Yes. We're so organic.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Love that's it. That's-
1: that's well,
2: my jam. That's that's <laughs> that's our our Like organic gym. jam, or oh yeah,
1: like goodness. you know, yeah. I'm
0: an like hormone church. free, uh free range <laughs> jam. No, no, yeah, yeah. homegrown, is homegrown it, with Amy. Is it caged free jam? Maybe on the next show we'll talk mm-hmm. about millennial shopping habits.
1: Oh. <laughs> All right then. <laughs>
2: Dude, single-source coffee, organic oh coffee though, is worth it. I'm just telling you. If you don't do it, is, this you is where do you're it.
1: gonna remember that I am not a millennial.
2: <laughs> Amy, Amy, next time you're in the Kansas City area, just well, I guess you have Preston Goff who makes really good coffee too. So if he hasn't converted you, then I guess I can't. So never mind.
1: He, Preston, is a little in love with this coffee.
0: So it's is like Will. an art
1: for form for him. So is Will. I just, you know, I don't drink it. I just don't. Maybe I should try it. Maybe I should, when we're in Nampa next month, maybe I should just try it.
0: Yeah, me and Preston and Amy and basically the rest of the Millennials from Season 1 are all going to be hanging out in Nampa together in about a month. So maybe we'll convert her there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, good luck. I'll pray for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'll just taste it for you (laughs) we'll try
0: we'll put a we'll put a video of amy (laughs) drinking coffee because everyone because everyone forced her she like was peer pressured in to do it and that at 40 years old gave into peer pressure
1: i have tasted coffee oh
0: okay it's not
1: preston's coffee
0: (laughs) we'll have to remedy that we'll remedy that all right well hey guys i think we're gonna wrap up the show to our listeners thanks for listening uh hopefully we can continue to have meaningful dialogues with uh not just Amy, Will, Byron, and Josiah, but maybe even more uh, millennial pastors on a rotating basis. And we can just share and dialogue about things that are meaningful to us that are worth talking about. If you like the show, please review, rate, subscribe, do all the things. Participate in the conversation. You can go to our website. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. Yeah, I think that's all of the things. But until next time, I'm your host, Josiah. I'm your co-host, Will.
1: And I'm your new co-host, Amy.
0: And this is the hashtag blessed version of the Millennial Pastor Podcast. We'll see you next time. Grace and peace.
1: Peace. Peace.